Okay, welcome back, everybody, to Spilling the Behavior Tea Podcast. With Sam and Jeanette. We are Zooming today. We found that Zoom kind of works a little better whenever we do this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. At least the, at least for the audio, which is, I mean, what podcasts are for, right? Yeah, and I like it because it, like feels like okay we're having a conversation and we are comfortable having a conversation over zoom because that's i mean that's all we do is yeah. we're on zoom all the time so it doesn't feel like we're talking to the air yeah <laughs> all right so uh, today is one of my favorite subjects we're gonna be talking about some behavior controversies you guys mm-hmm. have heard it in the past that we've talked about how behaviors like behavior is behavior it's not something that is negative or positive it just is right Mm -hmm. again we'll define behavior for you guys Uh, the psychology dictionary states that the term behavior means the activity of an organism interacting with its environment so basically it's an action right it's a verb Um, i mean it's not a verb stupid it's a now. You're the smart one, Sam. I know. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. And like, it's just what you do. That's it. It's, mm-hmm. Everybody has behaviors. Everybody behaves a certain way, or it's an action. That's it. That that's all there is to it. It's not positive. It's not negative. It's neutral. It just is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in our field, in the behavior field. Obviously, we've worked with kiddos in the past with different diagnoses and disabilities. And they tend to have certain behaviors they they display, right? Um, what are some behaviors you've come into contact with, Yannick? It could be so many different behaviors. But like some of the behaviors that we see, obviously, when we're working with kids... It could be something as big as self-harming to self-interest, which is, you know, just the flapping of the hands, um, the repetitive motions, um, you know. So it can be like aggression, self-injurious. We've had, and this, mostly those harmful behaviors not always, but for the most part, they do happen during tantrums. Tantrums also behavior. This mm-hmm. is what it's. This is. These are the de- behaviors that are defined, like the the behaviors in the behavior world, if that makes yeah. sense. Like in the ABA world, in the in the in this field that we work in, right? So again, like Jeanette said, uh, stimming, eye contact is a big one in this field that, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, they're not giving you eye contact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get into that. Over things. Um, abs- abs- yeah, uh, perseverating. Also, um, echolalia, scripting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hand flapping, you said. Repetitive uh, motions. Spinning, we've seen spinning. spinning. Rocking. And stimming, the, stimming is like, a whole category in and of itself but there's behaviors within that category that take place i guess for those of you who don't know what stimming is 
The Oxford Dictionary defines stimming as the repetitive performance of certain physical movements or vocalizations as a form of behavior by persons with autism or neurodevelopmental conditions, self-stimulation. This behavior is thought to serve a variety of functions such as calming and expression of feelings. Right. So, mm-hmm. let's get down to the nitty-gritty. <laughs> Yes, you guys, because we got a little bit into this conversation where we're like, okay, let's save it for the podcast. (laughs) This is seriously like my favorite to talk about because it's so controversial in in our field. And and to me, I'm just like, it's not that deep, bro. But anyways, so when I started out in this field, you know, I, I mentioned before how I started out at a agency um a common practice agency an aba practice agency and i was very uncomfortable with it um i understand that elsewhere it's it may be different um but that was just my experience and because i felt so uncomfortable in that training environment Mm -hmm. when i got to be by myself I was finally able to implement what I wanted to implement and do what I wanted to do. And so being a behavior instructor, behavior, whatever, you go in and you have these goals that you need to work on, right? With mm-hmm. that is implemented um, or you come up with it with your BCBA. You guys come up with goals for this kiddo. Mm-hmm. And you track data on certain behaviors that they have that they're trying to stop. Um, so a lot of the times, I'm not gonna lie, a lot of the times it was eye contact, which I'm sorry to say, but to me, it's not a big deal, but I I guess to other people, I can see why it could be to other people, but I just think of myself and how to me, I'm like, I barely like eye contact. So how am I going to? Why do I want my kids to constantly give me eye contact? I'd feel uncomfortable. They'd feel uncomfortable. It reminds me, too, of, like, Baby Mama. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. When he's like, I want to reward you with 10 minutes of eye contact. <laughs> oh, yeah. That part. Oh, my so god. So awkward. And we talked about it before, like, how, like, that could be so intimate. Like, just exactly. It is. Yeah. It, it makes me uncomfortable, like... Why mm-hmm. and I know that if I'm not staring somebody in the eyes, that doesn't mean I'm not listening to them. And I've grown to realize that with my kiddos as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, even there, like at, at the agency, I would kind of only focus on like the big behaviors that were disruptive to themselves and their learning environment, things that harm themselves and or others. Mm-hmm. Second, I would. I would focus on behaviors that would dis like that may be a distraction, I guess. Mm-hmm. If maybe I don't know, that's very the odds of that are very slim. But yeah, yeah that was my and when I came to the agency, I mean to the school district, and I met Jen, and we would have these discussions and stuff. I kind of like told her about these things. Like, I would tell her, like, I don't stop my kid from hand flapping in class. Like, it calms her. 
Yeah. Like you would would you rather have a kiddo tantruming and being and being very loud and disruptive or a kiddo just hand flapping in the corner? Mm-hmm. To pick your battles. Yeah. And then I remember one day when we were having that discussion and Jeanette was like, you know what? I never thought of that. Like <laughs> you were like, Yeah. true yeah it it is and then you like when you've like when i started the in this field so many years ago it was like the big thing stopping those behaviors and then it, it's in your head and you're thinking if this child is displaying the behaviors then i'm not doing my job yeah yeah i can see that mm -hmm. and then you get obsessed on stopping the behaviors and like we talked about then you miss the big opportunities for them to work on something else. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I remember that I was like, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, because I remember like in the beginning when we were working and I would hear you saying to your kiddo, like, looky nice. And I'd be mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, like everybody has their way of working with their kiddo. Mm -hmm. And then I remember us having that discussion and you were just like, oh yeah, like that's true. And like from there, I didn't hear you say it anymore, but you, but I, I noticed how much more your kiddo grew in other areas yeah. and even in eye contact, like eventually, naturally it came to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, it did, right? Like it yeah, did. Like, like Sometimes it's just not natural for them. It doesn't feel like it, it's not their time to be doing eye contact Yeah. or like my kiddo was she did not like play like she liked to play by herself mm -hmm. and i was like all right cool i'm not gonna force other kids to try and play with my kiddo yeah and and then to have like in turn some kiddos be fake toward my kid mm -hmm. i hate that i hate i hated forcing socialization when i say in like a few weeks she would naturally go up to kids and just be like, hey, like, let's play. I want to play. Like, mm -hmm. Jeanette is a witness to this. We would always yeah. watch at recess. And naturally, she started making friends on her own. Yeah. And what a rewarding feeling was that. Yeah. And I'm just like, see what happens when you don't force things that are supposed to be natural. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like it's so controversial in our field because it's like, no, it has to be a goal. They need yeah. to talk to somebody for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. That's a lot. It's a lot. And then it's a lot for us because, like I said, we have to make sure that those IP goals are met. And it's yeah. like, if yeah. You, if I remember taking one look at that, at that goal and being like, uh, that's excessive. 10 minutes mm -hmm. is a lot. You'll be lucky if you get 30 seconds, maybe. And what happened yep. after we took off that goal? She was saying hi to everybody. Hi, how are you? Blah, 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 this and that. So then my question is, are the goals holding them back? Or is it the forcefulness? Well, I mean, I I think, and you know, this is something you sent me um, that TikTok this morning. Mm -hmm. What the guy's saying, like, you know, we're the ones that, that are 
with the kids we know like i don't want to sound like i'm throwing shade at anyone but it's like some people just write up goals and they don't really know the child like they don't know the student and they're writing up goals and they're not they're not like out there in the field talking about like out there in the playground in the classroom with these kids we are Mm-hmm. we know these kids Completely and it's like yeah and you know we've had we've had bcbas who do like take our input into consideration a lot but we've also had those who don't agree. Yeah, we've had BCBAs who want us to think that they're taking it into consideration and they don't. Like I had a kid, I had a kid who I had been with her three weeks end of fourth grade and then starting the next school year until November. She was doing so good. Okay, school started in August, November. They were like, all right, we want to take you off for three hours because she's doing good. What? That is crazy to me when they do that. And then they want to put me with another kid, okay? And I was like, that's on fine and dandy, but I don't recommend it. Mm Oh, why not? Well, because... Just because they're doing good doesn't mean that they're gonna that they need they don't need a aid anymore. -hmm. Yeah, they're doing good with you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, no. Like they've been doing, they were doing good the whole time with me. But just because they're doing good doesn't mean that good to them. Like on paper, like Mhm. Mm doesn't mhm, mm exactly. they don't need help in, in other areas and Exactly. whatnot. And I was like, well, you can do it, but. she's gonna regress Mhm. Mm and they were and they were like oh okay well yeah we'll think about it next day it was like done deal okay well you didn't take me my opinion into consideration what happened a week later regressed can't say i didn't warn you <laughs> Mm-hmm. right and and then it's like it's like such a surprise that oh Mm my -hmm. gosh this happened like i told you Yeah. We knew Yeah. this. Yeah. And like, this is the big thing of why SNJ Behavioral Bliss works the way we do. And we are more, you know, child-led, more organically. Let's follow their lead. And use that to our, um, what's the word? I'm, use that to our advantage, because Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we've seen it work. Just like you said, like I remember using that word, those words a lot, looking nice, and that was because it was in the IEP. It's like he had to make or she had to make contact, eye contact, and that was the big thing. And so it's like you know, whenever I would be talking to him or her, and they were um or talking to a teacher, talking to anyone else, that was a big thing. And like as soon as I as soon, we already developed a relationship by then, but I do feel that as I, soon as I just followed his lead and just kind of stepped out of that formal kind of like let's do this because I need to get my By the job book, done yeah. Mm yeah hmm it's like he just like he Bloomed. loomed so much Mm hmm Gives them room to grow yes and breathe. and it, it's it's such a nice thing to see and just you know like this specific case that I had was like 
it just kind of did it for me where I'm like, dude, like it's, it's so different when you just think outside of the box, let them be themselves. And we've seen it with our kids mm-hmm. and it's like you, and you see so much growth when you step back and let them do their thing mm-hmm. and you don't get and a so- that's the big thing like that's why we created SNG behavioral bliss so we don't have someone else telling us how to do our job when like excuse me you're you're not you don't know this kid Mm -hmm. I know him (laughs) so I know what works and I know what doesn't work you agree Harley Definitely some stimming behavior. We feel like um, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Some hand flapping, listen, and we talked about this. Believe it or not, believe it or don't, we all have stimming behaviors. (gasps) Yes. And you might not even realize that you do. Like, I know there's people listening right now. I know. Think about it. Just think about it, you guys. Sit back and think about it. What is it that you do constantly that suits you? Mm-hmm. It could be, we talked about it yesterday. Me with always, always shaking my leg. Same. It's like, I do this I also, um, I sit on the edge of things or lay on the edge of things. Mm-hmm. That's a comfort thing to me. I love, I don't know what it is. I don't, yesterday I was talking to, I was Zooming with Jeanette and I was on my, on my bed and I was, yeah, I have a king bed and I was on the edge. Yeah. Why? There's a whole bed (laughs) there and I'm on the edge. (laughs) Like, same thing too. Like I shake my leg. There's pacing. Pacing is a stim. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? Um, I know a girl that's constantly playing with her hair. Mm-hmm. She does it consciously, and you always see her just playing with her hair. That's something. That's a, that's a stimming behavior. When I was younger, I used to take like the sharp edges of things, or like um, like a flat sheet, the sharp edge, and run it across my lips. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it felt good, but yeah, I mean, it's nothing to be. Yeah. it's nothing to hide just because we can control it and we can stop it and we i mean they're much more subtle mm-hmm. than other people's doesn't mean you everyone everyone has something you do something, something with your body you. that suits you that calms you that feels good to you mm-hmm. everyone has it everyone has it but our kiddos are expected to stop that behavior and act normal I'm doing the quote unquote. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's crazy to me. Okay. And it's so it's been a big change for me from when I started in the field to and this is why we say it you it's you're never too old to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like once Samantha brought it up to me and it just kind of clicked. And that's just the way I work now. <laughs> That's yeah. just the way I work, and I find that I see better results. Mm-hmm. No, like I saw, I, like with my kiddo, I just when I would be working with her and I would tell her something, I never 
I don't think I ever thought about like, oh, she's not looking me in the eyes. She's not listening. Mm-hmm. Like I always knew she was listening by her answering my question. Her like, like we would be reading. Sometimes we would be reading, mm-hmm. and she would look away from the book or whatever. But then I'd ask her about it after, and she'd be like, "Oh, this, this, and this, and this." And I was just like, "All right, cool. Like mm-hmm. you understand the assignment." So why are we faulting them for the way that they learn and the way that they want to do things? Mm -hmm. Because it's not what we expect or what we want. I know. I remember, um, and I don't remember if it was my case or not, but I remember being in the classroom and there was one kiddo that couldn't, like, they could not, poor little guy, he could not sit still at all but you know what the teacher was like you know what like i'm gonna sit him over here and if he wants to stand up he could stand up mm-hmm. he could stand up he could stand next to his desk i don't have a problem with that and um that i will say like luckily now classrooms are including are doing that like they're being being inclusive with like mm-hmm. chairs and seats sometimes you gotta go through an ot and stuff but yeah I mean, for the yeah. most part, places mm-hmm. are very, I mean, most schools are being inclusive with their seating arrangements. Yeah. yeah, you guys, there's different type of chairs out there. They have the bouncing ball now. The, the Then they have the one, the chair that kind of rocks back and forth. So if you have a kiddo out there, like, you know, and you, you're having a hard time with them sitting still or whatever, like one of those chairs my work so if you haven't you know seen one before look into it because they should also if they don't have any i would say try to order some Mm -hmm. you know maybe they they haven't had a case where they haven't because i i've only seen those chairs at one school to be honest i mean at one district so um yeah so definitely like there was this one kiddo who you know, the teacher was cool with him standing and just kind of like moving in that little area around his desk. So that really helped a lot. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. And it's like what we said, we talked about this yesterday. Sometimes we focus so much on stopping these behaviors, just regular, you know, and we're not talking obviously about dangerous behaviors, you know, yeah. obviously those were we definitely want to work again like we said those should be the number one focuses the Mm -hmm. big behaviors Mm -hmm. and to be honest at least in my book i i think only maybe like three behaviors should be focused on at one time Mm -hmm. yeah like the big the main big behaviors that are happening if it's aggression work on that if it's self-injurious work on that definitely big behaviors that really need all the attention yeah. that are that could be dangerous work on those yeah right now we're talking about the stimming behaviors that calms them that suits them that's stimming part of them or like it's the eye contact yeah like the fitness shouldn't be like great like the minor minor, mm-hmm. minor and like i said i i legit had like the ip said um making eye contact when talking like 
you know you had, to, still, you had to look at ips i never did no i've i've <laughs> yeah i've seen i i i mean i've known for a long time like you know to ask for the ieps not a lot of people ask them because they because nobody feel, tells us we can yeah but we're like we we should be looking at those ieps because then I always, we know i always was like well i'm not allowed to be there so i can't read the documents yeah and it's so that's i'm sorry that is so freaking stupid you want the person that's working with your kid to be able to reach goals they've never seen on paper like come on <laughs> it is crazy to me when i worked for an nps the first thing we used to do was hand over the bite the binder with their ip everything we would hand it over to the um behaviors that was working with the kiddo and we would have them study it for a day and then i went to work for regular districts and it never happened yeah and i used you get to a like, snapshot yeah and it's like i used to be like well can i look at the iep and people used to look at me like i was well you can't look at the iep and then they would be all secretive about it well we're gonna show it to you but or you they beat around the bush here. until yeah, later like we're on the same team for crying out loud yeah but that's where you know we keep going back to disrespect mm -hmm. you know that's for I feel like podcast that's, episode but i feel like being able to look at the ip is only beneficial to the to yeah. the behavior instructor because you can gather so much information from ips past ips all that stuff because i don't know about you but like for me I like to take all factors into consideration, what's done, what's been done. Like we've said before, like it's crazy we're not allowed in the IP because if we if we are not allowed in the IP, it's so clear that we're not allowed in the IP because once we get the goals, the new goals, and we're over here like making adjustments and making changes because we're the one who knows the kid. It's like um, you're not allowed to look at the IP, but... Um... Once IEP meeting comes along, they want to get all the information from you. <laughs> Once IEP comes along, uh, so how's your kid? What's been What's been going on? How, what are they yeah. What have they been doing? Have they been meeting goals? I don't know. You tell me. So it's like, and then I want to make it so clear that the reason why I even saw that IEP because it was because of the parent, <laughs> or else the school would have never showed it to me. But you know, it was on there, and so for uh. Half of the time that I work with this kiddo, that was a big thing, you know, mm -hmm. like, okay, well, you need to make eye contact because if you don't, I'm not doing my freaking job. It, it literally feels like that, you know, and poor kiddos, like, they and then have it's to like, deal with that. And then it's like, does it go back to the whole compliance thing? What do you need eye contact for? Mm -hmm. Compliance. Respect. I need you to listen to me. You're going to respect me. <laughs> But again, respect does not equal eye contact. Yeah. Which is like, crazy because yeah. in other cultures, make um, kids making eye contact with their parents or with their elders, it's a form of disrespect. Hmm. So it's, you know, to each his own. But we're saying that, you know, like for our kiddos, sometimes focusing on other behaviors other than the Stimming ones. ones that aren't hurting anyone. It's you, you know, you you find that like I said, I've 
miss so many opportunities because I'm focusing on those little stimming behaviors where there's other bigger goals to work on. Mm-hmm. And when you let go of focusing on those little behaviors and you start focusing on big, bigger goals, you see a, a huge improvement. Mm-hmm. Because a kid's displaying these behaviors as a form of expression. That's how they're feeling. It's it's yeah. them. It's a part of them. When they don't have to worry about looking at you in the eyes, but they could actually focus on yeah. something else that they're doing. It clears up space for it's in a no brainer. I think. I think because like we've said before, they work overtime. Like mm-hmm. they're working overtime while we are just still and and don't really have to put an effort into certain things, right? Mm-hmm. And the way that I saw it was like my kid's not gonna have to worry about making eye contact when she can worry about focusing on her reading. Yeah. Or focus on comprehending what she's reading, you know? Mm-hmm. There's already so much that's that is on her plate that it's like, why are you adding more minuscule yeah. things? Like I would let her hand flap in class. I was like, it's fine. She's not hurting anybody. She's not distracting anybody because the kids were are used to her, turned away from her, or used to her. If it got to a point where it was a lot, I would just be like, hey, want to go for a walk? You go for a walk. Mm-hmm. But I didn't punish her behavior. I didn't say, hey, stop doing that. Like, no, just yeah, go for a walk. Yeah, a or make make them feel like you know them displaying that behavior is bad. Like shame on you for acting like that shame on you for um dealing with you know having to work overtime in a way where it's um making it uncomfortable for others yep like mm-hmm. shame on you you know it's like let, let's let's just not <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and it's like let's give our kids some grace for even trying mm-hmm. you know it's 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 just wild to me but definitely that's something that in the field we've had to like you know deal with where we have people who are very strong on we need to stop those behaviors because they need to act i'm doing the the air quotes and <laughs> normal like We've seen it on videos where, you know, it's more people coming around to that's part of them. Let them be. Let's focus on the bigger behaviors for a long time. Or like when we started, we felt like we were the only ones that felt like that. Right. So it's nice to see that there's more people on board with that. Mm -hmm. Not as much as we would like to see definitely not as much but people are coming around it around you know accepting that maybe you know let's not stop those stimming behaviors as part of them we're able to stop ours but Mm -hmm. they may not always and i mean i've said in the past like um i use fidget fidget tools yeah Uh, I love fidget tools. I use fidget rings a lot. Um, those calm strips, like 
and I've I've used those with my kiddos in the past, but it still doesn't compare to something that they can just do on their own without having to carry something around or take around, mm-hmm. you know, hand flapping, rocking, spinning, like those are things that they can do without having to have something on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, you know, you've heard people saying it like, oh, this is me. I'm not changing for anyone. And as much as it's Sam and I talked about it, um, there are people that need to change mindset growth or growth mindset. <laughs> but like as much as we see people acting like it's not normal for us as typical people. I'm doing the fingers again. Um, it's not normal for us to like see someone doing something that we don't think it's appropriate and going up to them and like telling them to stop you should you should not be doing that you should stop like you know it's at that point like if you go up to someone and act like that or say something you would look as being an aggressive person so like even though there's people out there displaying behaviors that we should that we think or we feel they should not display we can't just be going up to people telling them to stop so that was like one thing that i had thought about like so then why is it okay for us to go to try to stop our kiddos from doing these things it's not normal for like out there in the world for people to go up to other people you know and tell them to stop yeah exactly you look like a karen doing that but then here we are forcing our kiddos to stop something that suits them that calms them that's part of them so that's that's where i was trying to go with that like it's not like you wouldn't go around telling people you shouldn't be doing that you don't don't like don't because then you're a karen we've seen it so many times so it's just to me, like I never really put thought into it, and then I didn't until we started discussing it, because I really did, never thought about it, like in the moment as I was working with kids. Um, I never really thought about like what I was doing. It just came naturally to me because, again, like the way that I work is very naturalistic and child-led. It's always been that way, and similar to that story that I said about the kid that I worked with who would come home at at 3.15 and then work have to work for three hours five-year-old or six-year-old I forgot but and then have to go straight to the table like why why do we need to go straight to the table if he just came back from school being at a table all day Mm-hmm. Like this should be his playtime. This should be his fun free time, and that and again, like that's why I think sometimes people just need a fresh set of eyes. Yeah, like it's nothing, no shade on them. It's just maybe they've been stuck, just like you. Maybe they've been stuck in this, like by the book, by the book, by the book, mm-hmm. and just needed somebody to come in and be like, "How about we try this way." Yeah, because clearly this way is not working. And it also takes us uh, letting go of that ego, you guys, <laughs> because sometimes it's just that. And then the kids suffer over it. 
Yeah. And it stunts I, their progress. Yeah. And it, that sucks for them because, again, like, we have so many stories. Like, again, with that kiddo, took away the table, started mastering programs left and right. Like, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Because then what happens is, like, when you're stopping someone from displaying behaviors that's calming to them, they're going to get aggressive. They're going to get frustrated. Yeah. They're not going to focus on what you want them to focus on. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. And then we have people asking, oh, my gosh, why is he acting like that? Why is she acting like that? Why are you acting like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's true because... I mean, we all don't like being told what to do, clearly. <laughs> yeah. And I, and that's what I wonder, too, is, like, it, are those minuscule behaviors, like, focusing on those minuscule behaviors for the kiddo, is that overclouding their mind to where they're just, like, f- so frustrated because that's not something that they want to focus on, mm-hmm. obviously. Like, for instance, that ki- that that kiddo that was working at the table, like, he would, he was always, like, so serious when I, when we would show up, right? And so, once I took the table away, I would play with him and play with him and run programs in between, but while we were playing, not like, okay, let's go sit down at the table and start doing, like, no, it... And then once I did that, like, we were playing and he would just, like, do the do what I would ask right away. So then it just makes you think, like, was him sitting at the table and having to go to the table every time to do a program, was that just overcrowding his mind to where he's just like, this is annoying. Like, this is too much where he was so serious when we would work. And then it after that, annoying to me. it was just, right? Like, it's annoying to me. I mean, think about like, it, like, when we leave work, I know that when we were out there in the field and I wanted to leave work, all I would think about, I want to get home, get under my blankets and re- and watch TV. And then here you have this little one that gets home from school and needs to get on the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, not get on the table, but sit at the table and work more yeah it's crazy to me like i always try to put myself in their shoes like i don't like that why would i do that mm-hmm. you know and say, like just like you said like i don't want to get home from work and sit at a table and do more work for three more hours no with little baby breaks in between mm-hmm. no sadly we see a lot of that right like these programs that you know and this is why i i said in the last episode like working in like home setting it's not for me and and why does it happen like all those hours span it's like because i get it like you know parents want the best for their kiddos you know they want the best for the kiddos they want them to have the most normal life they could possibly get quote unquote quote unquote but what's out what's normal to others is not normal to 
you or anyone else. Everyone has their own normal and that's okay. And you know, like it's it's time that we start respecting our kiddos. It's about respecting them, respecting their space, respecting them for who they are. Respecting them as people. Looking All at kiddos. them as people. All kiddos. Yes. Respecting them as people. Because Mm hmm a lot of the times they are not viewed as people. No matter how you want to say, oh, no, I do. I see my kid as a person. I see my kid. Um, are you shaming them? Are you being, are you hitting them? Are you being rude? Like, things that you would not do to another adult. Are things that you would, yeah, you would not do to another adult. Anyone Are you else? doing that? Are you doing that to your kid? Yeah. Ask yourself that. Wow. You know, and I never thought about that, but it's true. Like, you wouldn't go up to anyone else and, like, do the things that you do to your kids sometimes. And we're not saying everyone, <laughs> but sometimes it's something to think about. It's something I think about. And I know for some parents, it's really hard. It's it's really hard. Like, they're dealing with things at home that we can't even imagine. that's also what I wonder about like parents that get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. I'd, I've seen that a lot lately like parents that get overwhelmed and it sucks I feel for them too and it, it just makes me want to talk to them because I'm like I just want to get inside their brain and see what's Yeah. going on Yeah. And this is why we need some of you parents that are feeling this to come on board with us. And like, we want to hear you. But I also want to see, like, I also want to know, like, what they're doing with their kiddo. Like, because sometimes some parents are doing, like, the extra, extra, extra work where they're trying to focus on the minuscule Yes. behaviors, too. Yeah. And maybe I mean, that's I why know. they're overwhelmed. Maybe that's why Yeah. they're burnt out. Because it is a lot of work to implement all of those things. Yeah. That's why. too with our business we we emphasize working on one thing at a time Yeah, because the biggest one you want to work on. you as parents already have a ton on your plate and we're not trying to tackle 75 things at once Mm-mm. one thing at a time Yeah. Yep. And then we find that if you work on the that one big goal or one, you know, the one big one that you want to focus on, everything else just starts falling into place. It's like a domino effect. Yeah. I mean, it like it kind of sets the foundation, right, for everything. Yeah. But like we said, every case is different. Every case is definitely different. And um, the things that we say aren't always going to fit into your box, right? Mm hmm So you're going to take what you, what you're going to be able to take from it. Hopefully just understanding that some of these behaviors that your kids are displaying, they're displaying for a reason. It's part of them. And when I mean your kids, I'm talking to parents, I'm talking to caregivers, I'm talking to people that work in the field. It's identifying by the time that you've worked for a period of time with your kiddo, you already get to know him. You already get to see what he's like, what she's like, 
you could you could get the vibe and you could see you know what behaviors they're displaying because it's part of what's calming them it's part of their expression it's part of them and so you should be able to like know how to just work around mm -hmm. where you're not turning off their light you're not making things worse for them because at the end of the day what we want to do is be a form of light to the kiddos where they are comfortable they feel safe with us and most of all they could be their true self with us mm -hmm. because when a kiddo could be their true self it's when they're gonna reach those milestones that they need yep. to reach mm -hmm. we've seen it time and time again our kiddos. Jeanette, Jeanette knew my kiddo since kinder, right? Mm-hmm. My last kiddo, and I worked with her. I started working with her in second grade. Mm-hmm. And she said she had never seen her reach the goals that no. she did with me. She never would have thought. Mm-hmm. And I knew you guys. I knew, like, yeah. This kiddo had an aide who was really good. He was really good with her and he um he moved away and then this kiddo ended up with someone that really truly disserviced her. And at the time Sam was with other kids, but I always knew like this kid needs to be with Sam. I started voicing my opinion and thankfully I was heard because you <laughs> some things were not heard. I and I remember that. Sam was like, it was, you know, it was more, it, this case was a little bit more, I don't want to say difficult, what would be the word to use? It, it was a little more intense. It's just challenging. Very challenging. And Sam would be like, um, you're just throwing it out there. <laughs> well, no, my problem was, the thing with me is that I, my thing was that the year before, they had, and this is a direct quote, put a Band-Aid on the situation. Yeah. And my thing is I like to hold people accountable. And they were basically waiting for me to get off my kid so I can go be with that kid. Yeah. Which at the and, time, you guys. I, but I had no problem with the kiddo. Mm -hmm. No. My problem was with them doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because at the that. time. And I'll admit that was wrong of me to I guess make it seem like it was out on the kiddo but it wasn't my beef was with the people who did it and but I had been saying way before that like Sam should be with this kiddo Sam I know she would be amazing with her and then what happened was that I was expecting amazing but then it was like above that like you brought this kiddo like the changes we saw in her, like I said, I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't know it was going to be this darn good. <laughs> because like I said, the, the IBI prior to the one prior to Sam, they were good. And, and, you know, it was, it was a good match. And, but then you brought her to a whole different level. So and that, that was, was yeah. <laughs> So it's just but, cool because I tell Sam all the time, like, we would have missed out on those experiences with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jeanette was able to build a relationship with her, too. So that was good, too. And 
I don't know. I'm, we just, we like to share these stories just so you guys can see we're not just saying these things to say them. Mm-hmm. We're not just saying them out of just to have a business to where we're saying random things and you'll believe it. No, we've had these cases. We built the relationships. We know it's possible. We're telling you for that reason because it's possible. It's so possible. And the the relationships that you build, the trust that the kids have in you because you're that one person that they could truly be themselves around. I was gonna what say, were you gonna say? Ever, I was gonna say, don't you ever let anybody tell you that your relationship with your kiddo is not healthy. It's unhealthy. But that sounds weird. <laughs> well the thing is, you guys, that um when people aren't used to seeing the, the relationship Yeah, it's like then they then they think like, oh, it's codependency or no, it's just this never this kid was never given, given the, the right chance yeah to to be looked at you know as a as, as their own person so obviously they're gonna be more happy with you more comfortable with you more open with you and they're not gonna they're not going to do that with other people and then those other people well, I think they that don't understand it. Those other people don't even put in the effort. Yeah. And and like I've said time and time again, our kiddos feel vibes. They feel mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. If they feel you are fake, they will let you know. Yeah. They will be like, no thanks. I'm not putting in the same. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting in any effort. No thanks. Mm-hmm. So we've definitely seen it, you guys. We've I've seen kids get aggressive i seen acting out behaviors for the simple fact that you're trying to force them to stop doing something that's calming to them that's soothing to them and then i see the change i've seen the change with my kiddos when you just are more focused on the bigger goals and not on the little things so you just like you would do with your own kids you're gonna pick and choose your battles <laughs> and it i've seen the growth i've seen you know i've been able to form those strong relationships and you know before that like i said it was me just focusing on we need to do this because it's on the ip gold and if you're not meeting those goals then i'm not doing my job and then i saw what me being more laid back more letting the kid be a kid letting them letting them be their true self you know you get even better results so i've seen both sides you guys i just feel like we need to start moving towards a change oh like as always be teachable you don't know everything mm-hmm. also just opening your eyes and being aware of different different things different opinions of what people can say and what people can add to the mm-hmm. to what you're doing oh geez in the field put your mm-hmm. ego down yep. it's okay to try new things and um start looking at these kiddos as human beings mm-hmm. because 
I've seen it too where people talk about the kids in front of them like they're not even standing there. Mm -hmm. When the kids know, they can hear, they can, they know what you're saying. So that's the behaviors that you should be checking yourself. <laughs> My kid over there flapping his hands is not going to hurt you. It's really not. Does nothing to not, you. Them making eye contact, it's not going to hurt you. Them making noises, it's not going to hurt you. I say about my nephew and the noises that he makes, it's music to my ears. <laughs> That's part of him. And he's not going to change for you because this is soothing for him. This is what calms him. It's part of him. And it is what it is. It, it, everyone's different and that's just what it is. And listen, and this time we've seen a lot of craziness out there. So our kiddos are not hurting anyone. They are um, self-calming themselves, expressing themselves, doing what suits them because they're out here in public trying to fit your norm. You know, and it's time for a change. How about we start trying to fit their norm? Like, what is norm? What is normal? We don't know. No one knows. Every household has their own normal. Controversial behaviors where people just feel the need to point out different behaviors and and say what someone else especially our kiddos should be doing or not doing how about we follow their lead yeah i think it's just about shifting mindset yeah i mean just shifting everybody's mindset to where we're not really focused on minuscule behavior that's not gonna really do much for them in the future and focus on the big things that are going to help them and really going to be a part of their life forever, their life skills. Mm -hmm. And just take a minute and real and realize, like, put yourself in their shoes and mm -hmm. think of their schedule. Think of everything that could fact could be a factor to them and think about if you would like that or not. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of ten, you wouldn't. Just like people make, trying to make our kiddos work when they when they're sick. I hate making people work when they're sick. I don't want to work when I'm sick. Why would I want to make somebody work when they're sick? But yeah, guys, let us know yeah. if you have any other behavior controversies that you can think of. Let us know what you think of this episode. You know, I would love to hear if anyone has any behaviors themselves any anything they do like i said i shake my any leg. of you had any ahas mo aha moment yeah we like, welcome you guys so like dm us on our instagram messages letting let us know what yours is or if you've noticed yours in the past yeah i mean it, and it's crazy because like I was, we were having this discussion yesterday and I was telling Jeanette that a lot of it, like shaking your leg is tied to anxiety. I know I get it too, but like, is it that we're doing it because of anxiety or is it that we're doing it 
to soothe ourselves so many questions right Yeah, and you know what I just thought about? Like, I've seen a lot of our kiddos where they need to line up things in order. Mm -hmm. And it's like, for me, I need to do the same thing. Like, I need to have everything just centered properly. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in this Thank you Thursday. for listening. Thanks for listening. Share with your friends. Subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Keep the topics coming. And we will catch up with you guys next week. Bye.